We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkey, and Dante. Boys, did anything big happen? Like, did we do, did we just do anything cool? Or was I just dreaming that whole thing? Kenny, Kenny, I, go ahead. Do it. Do it in the microphone. Just do it. What do you mean? Do, say just it. Do, do it. What do you mean? Do it and then say it. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, that bong water is dirty, son. Yeah, that was a dirty ass bong, by the way. Yo, don't fucking judge my bong water, okay? Oh, fuck you. I didn't do anything fun this week because I was here. I heard yeah, you did something fun. Yeah, we did something cool. Dave, what did we just do? Um, We went to Nashville and Colin snores really badly and I couldn't sleep. Oh, did I, I snore? Share a room? Yeah, we shared a bed, dude. We shared a sleeping bag on the floor. <laughs> That's so fucking cute. <laughs> no, we didn't. We shared a room, which is fine. I don't care about that because we were only in it for a few hours. But we get back and Colin was completely fucking shit hammered. And he passes out within 10 seconds of touching the bed. Yep. And it's just sawing logs. And I'm throwing fucking pillows at him. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. You see, like a 2 p.m. flight. Dante and I had a 7 a.m. flight. So we were out the door at 530. <laughs> I didn't know I snored. My bad, dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It was worth it. I'm the heaviest sleeper of all time. Uh, I just want to. I, I want to start by saying this. Yes, we were in Nashville. Yes, we can finally say it. we were interviewing Patrick Carney from the fucking Black Keys. It was unbelievable. It came together very quickly, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I was fucking absolutely hammer drunk. And uh, Dave can back me up on this. Kenny, we went to a uh, like a, a blues bar at the end of the night, and uh, we walk in, and there was this amazing blues band on stage that they were bringing up musicians from the crowd and you could sign up on a list and you could play guitar or sing or something with this band. And the second we walked in, Dave's like, I got $50 in my hand, dude, I'll give it to him. If you just let you go up there and play guitar. So I walked up there and I'm like watching, I'm like, Oh, there's Jamin and D. And I was like, I can do this. And I walked up and I didn't even go to the list. I went to the guy singing and I was like, yo, let me come up, dude. Let me, let me play. I'm really good. Let me play. And he was like, dude, we got a list and we're almost closed. Like just go. And I was like, come on, dude, just let me play. Let me play. And I walked over and I was, I walked to the guy with the list and I was like, please let me play, dude. I just want to play. And he was like, dude, we're like close. Shut the fuck up. So yeah. He didn't like us very much. No, he did not like us at all. And Dave, and Dave's going out trying to haggle with people. It was an amazing performance, by the way. They were fucking great. They were good. We went to this bar afterwards and we were sitting there and it was closing down. And I was like sitting there at the bar, just like dejected. I was so fucking sad that I couldn't play. And Dante literally put his arm around me like I was a fucking kid who just lost a little league game. And he was like, hey, buddy, let's go get you a hot dog. Fucking <laughs> 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 hot dog stand. And then I passed the fuck out. But uh, yeah, and Kenny wasn't there, everybody. I want all the listeners to shit on Kenny because Kenny wasn't there because, oh, my wife's about to give birth. Oh, no, no, no. My wife's yeah. fucking pregnant. What a bitch. Uh, <laughs> no, Kenny did FaceTime us and he was very contrite that we were not, he was not there. But uh, Kenny, I'm on your side. Dave might hate you for it, but I'm very on your side. For I it. don't give a fuck if any of you are on my side. That's the best part about it all. <laughs> it was fucking incredible. That's dude. kind of the like theme of this podcast a little bit is not giving a fuck. Yeah. Well, it's not this podcast, this but podcast. And we don't want to give too much away because it's a great episode, but Everything I've been saying is right. And I've been telling you guys, if you care, you're caring too much. Yeah, there, there is a moment in the Patrick Carney interview where I screamed out loud, the ghost of Kenny Carkeet is here. Because Patrick Carney said something that is literally word for word what Kenny says every single week. But, I mean, when you guys hear this interview, because Dante will be here shortly. We think Dante's showing up. We're not sure. The Celtics are on the night, so we'll see. Um, the interview was unbelievable. Patrick Carney is the fucking man. I didn't believe it was going to happen until he walked in, uh, but he walked in in flip-flops and checkered, like, plaid shorts and Starbucks and just literally shot the shit for, like, two and a half hours and then another, like, half hour on top of that. He's the fucking man. Dave, what was your impress impression of the whole thing? Yeah, like, I, I was telling Colin when we got there, like, <clears throat> so I do, that's what I do for a job. I interview people, and it's... It's always completely hit or miss when you don't have a personal relationship with the person you're interviewing because uh, you you just don't know what kind of like what kind of person they are to make it easy. So um, 
I didn't know the black, like, for instance, I'll come home drunk some nights and, and instead of like throwing on a movie, I'll, I'll throw on music and it'll like the Rolling Stones, for instance, I'll just pull up the re- Wikipedia page and just read the entire thing. Take 20 minutes and read the entire thing while they're playing. I've never done that with the black keys, even though the black keys are one of my all time favorite bands ever. And, um, I didn't know what we were getting into and Colin's like making it seem like not that he's an asshole, but he's kind of standoffish, like not really a bullshitter and bullshitting is what I do best. So I'm like, ah, if I can't like kind of spin off and riff off and like ball bust, I don't know how this is going to be, but I had like 12 or 15, like just two or three word questions written out on, on the notes app on my phone. And I like to go into those kind of interviews, like sit down interviews, like pretty cold because I'm going, I'm good at, at this point, especially since I've done it so much going off the cuff and, and kind of ping ponging back and forth with guys based on, on the answers they give to the first question of the interview. So that's what I had planned on doing. And within two minutes of him being there, like immediately we connected. We're both big baseball fans, like sports fans. And he's just a fucking normal dude. Like he's obviously married to a famous wife. He's, you know, famous himself, but like, if you would have told me he just got off the riding lawnmower and he had a beer cracked and like was listening to like Def Leppard yep. while he's, you know, cutting patterns into his lawn and, and doing some yard work and just getting out of the house. Like I would have believed it. Cause that's I'm, how he comes off. He's as normal a dude as possible. Like he could sit in my dad's patio and just pound bush light with them. I best facts. Dude. Bet. And I will say this hundred percent dead honesty. The MVP of this interview was Dave Williams. Dave Williams and Patrick Carney are birds of a feather. And there, I will say, too, there is a moment at the end of the interview. because the, the interview comes out next Tuesday. I want to make that very clear. This is not the Black Keys episode that is next Tuesday. There is a question at the end that Dave asked that he was excited to ask that I ruined for him. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Dave? Yeah, go ahead. I'm not even, I'm not going to get into, I'm saving this for next week. But Dave had a fucking joke planned. And I got so nervous that Patrick Carney wasn't going to get the joke. I blew it up. And Dave, yeah, you're such a pussy, man. You were Dave such a in, pussy. Uh, Dave Colin is the it. biggest pussy I've ever met. <laughs> You're just such a pussy. It was, <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing with that. And we had just spent hours with the guy. And at the, at that point in the interview, it was very, very clear that you can fuck around with it. So <laughs> I was telling Colin when, when we got in, so we Colin and we got there, we got to the hotel around nine 30 in the morning, uh, right around the same time. And, um, I was telling Colin that all week long. And like I said, I know I've listened to every single Black Crow song. I know most of their music verbatim, like their lyrics and shit. But whenever I, I would think of the word Black uh, Keys, I would start singing Hard to Handle from the Black Crows, Black Crows. in my head. <laughs> so I wanted to get to a point in the interview where I, I said, hey, so what was your like thinking when you wrote the song Hard to Handle? <laughs> and, you know, start like singing some lyrics or something just to see his reaction. Because I'm sure the Black Keys and the Black Crows get it nonstop. That's a great you know? bit. That's a good bit. Yeah, and he did just to like and- get his facial expression. He's be like, no, nah, I'm fucking with you, man. Like, yeah, so you know, be like, hey, little thing, let me light your candle. Cause like, what do you, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I, let it I was going to like ask him about Jimmy page and shit. And just to see his reaction and co- like, before I even finished the question, Colin, like ruined it. He's like, oh, he's joking with you. He's joking. Don't get offended. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to be offended. Colin's he would have left it. Colin's the guy that'll say something ballsy and gnarly. And then immediately say, I'm joking. You got to let it simmer for like, yeah, uh, dude, I, I, I did. <laughs> Cause I did let it hang in the air for a second and i was like dave you're a fucking asshole and he was like dude you're a pussy like legit on the spot i was like fuck you <laughs> i was like damn it because patrick carney then just ripped off it we i don't want to go too far into the interview because next week is is the fucking week for that shit but he was the coolest dude alive i want to give a big shout out to gerard longo who yeah. absolutely saved our ass we had three days to set this whole thing up between flights locations camera people all this shit gerard longo is a friend of mine i've known for 10 fucking years from philadelphia who moved to to nashville to work for a company and and works in a studio and this motherfucker saved our ass and you when you see the setup you're not going to fucking believe it because it looks way too professional to be us but it was an incredible interview, a great day. And then after that, we got to go to Gibson Guitars, which was fucking awesome. Dave got to play guitars that I felt guilty touching. And Dave was out there. Just There's a great clip online already where Dave Dante says, are we allowed to pick these up? And Dave just goes, eh, if I get yelled at, I get yelled at. <laughs> it's an $11,000 guitar. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, I've been to Guitar Center enough to know that you're allowed to do that. It's I, obviously, a Guitar this Center. Is, this is not Guitar Center. This is Gibson Garage, but... 
the guitars they don't want you playing are there. You can't take them off the rack. Well, they did have locked headstocks on there, Kenny. Yeah, they had lo- they had locked headstocks, and and they the ones that weren't locked that were just like sitting around. They were sitting with amps and headphones, and like there was like guitar lesson like tablets above them and shit. So I knew that we were allowed to touch them. Um, obviously, I was checking price tags before I did touch a lot of them. But once I got, you know, um, you comfortable with them, I was like, oh, just give me all of them. Once you stop caring, you started touching them. I would have exactly. started exactly. playing uh, Stairway to Heaven immediately. Yo, that, I was waiting for Dave to play like a forbidden riff, like start playing like Smoke on the Water or something like that. Like, d- actually, there was a moment I have it on camera. Dave played a pretty fucking sick little section there. And I was like, oh, let's go. It wasn't. Dude, it was cool. The whole time I was not there with you guys, I was only I wasn't thinking of the Black Keys or Patrick Carney or any of that shit. All I was thinking was, if they get free fucking Gibson guitars and I don't, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. Oh man! Well, dude, shouts out to Mark Agnesi. Shouts out to Heather, who was the head of partnerships over there. She did the coolest shit ever. Where she, we were in there, and they, she came out at the end and took us behind this curtain behind a stage. And there's like a speakeasy in the back of Gibson's garage yeah. with a bar and a full TV studio set up, which we'll get it. They, that's something for down the road. But then she goes to a fucking bookcase and I, right away I said, does that bookcase move? And she fucking slides a bookcase like I'm at a Bond villain's house and there's a bank vault behind it and opens up the bank vault. And there's framed like behind bulletproof glass versions of Gibson guitars from the 50s. That I literally on camera like an asshole said, how much does that cost? And she said, put the camera down and I'll tell you how much they cost. Dude, it was fucking so sick. I was like a kid in a candy shop. Uh, I think Dante bought the entirety of uh, the merch section there. Uh, yeah, he, Dante bought a jacket for, I think he said 90 bucks. T-shirt was only, it wasn't too bad. It was only like 40 bucks. but Nah, but I mean, he bought out a little bit. The, the Gibson Garage was great and they're awesome people and I can't wait to do more shit with them. People don't uh, realize how expensive guitars can get. Like, it's fucking... Oh, yeah. I've told this story, I think, before. Frashanti taught my old guitar player in AWOL how to play guitar. and so Frishanti Zach Irons, right? Gave, gave him a guitar and it's Steve Lukather from Toto's Fender Strat from like the 50s or whatever. Things worth like $80,000. <laughs> One of the guitars that we were staring at was worth $1.2 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that was like the first ever Gibson ever or some shit. Um, they had, uh, they obviously the Dave Grohl Gibson. They had uh, Carlos Santana and Keith Who's Richards. The other one? Amps. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, it's Keith Richards. Yeah. Well, Kenny, uh, did you know that Gibson bought Mesa Boogie? I did. I did not. And that was a shock. They had, yeah, they had Santana's original little box set up Mesa Boogie on top of a road case. They had a good story about that too. They said that, so Santana was opening for the Stones back whenever. And um, they're like, yeah, we're playing with this Mexican dude. We don't know a whole whole lot about him, but apparently he's like fucking incredible. Um, And he rolls up and all he had was one guitar, his guitar, and this little like the same size amp I have, you know, Bro, it's like a hundred, it's like a hundred watt little Mesa boogie. And yeah. It. No pedals. It was, nothing. And it had snakeskin. Yeah. And they're like, this is the fucking guy. We're the rolling stones. Like this is the fucking guy that we're opening for or that's opening for us. And so he starts playing and they're watching him like side stage. And, and like Keith Richards is like, who the fuck is this guy? And where did he get that amp from? Yep. And it was, it was from, uh, Mesa, boogie. Uh, Mesa. And, so he's like trying to wheel and deal and name drop himself. Like, Hey, I want that app. I want that app. And they're like, Oh you yeah. Can't I forgot have about this, bro. Yeah. They're like, you can't have that app. And he's like, I'm Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. And they're like, I don't care. I just don't <laughs> care. So he had to like pay to get a custom one built. That was the same exact thing that, uh, Carlos Santana. Santana had. Yeah, yeah. And he just rolls up with the one guitar and the one amp. To, and I was uh, open say, for the ro- yeah, that was it. That, and and that's, that's Keith Richards' setup forever after that is like a little amp. Like, that's it. It's not a fucking wall of marshals like everybody thinks it is. But, dude, the Nashville trip was a smashing success. I got absolutely fucking shit. We all got shit-faced first off. Uh, I moshed with White Sox Dave. We went to a fucking, like, butt rock bar, which was quote-unquote what it was. Uh, and there was a metal cover band called Guillotine playing. There was like 10 people in the bar and Dave gave the dude like 50 bucks to play Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit, And we fucking moshed, me, him, and Dante. Dave fucked me up. I'm not going to lie. You launched me that first time. And I, well, I, what did I say at the beginning of the show? Or not even the beginning, five minutes ago. I'm a pussy? Yeah. 
Yeah, fuck you. He's a Clydesdale. Don't forget. No, I'm I'm complimenting you. I'm saying you have a low center of gravity. You would have been a great MMA fighter. I I couldn't because uh baseball, but um I always tried to wrestle because I knew I'd be awesome at it. Dave, what makes me a pussy? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> uh where do I begin? Start. I don't know. Go for it. I mean, you're a little too nice here and there. Um you care too much. Which is, yeah, you care quite a bit. You care about a lot of things. Uh, and you're just kind of scrawny and like <laughs> Very me- meek and feeble. <laughs> Damn, that's Which fucking is, hateful. I mean, yes. It doesn't help that I'm wearing these stupid fucking glasses right now. That does not yeah, help. you look I- like a pussy. <laughs> Dude, I'm just going to start coming out full. I'm wearing, next time I see you, I'm wearing a fucking like pasta stained wife beater and fucking jorts, and I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. Look at the picture of Cowboy Dave. Yeah, that is true. not a coward. No. No, I would never want to throw hands with White Sox Dave. He's a fucking. You, uh, Everybody thinks that because I'm short that, like, I can't defend myself. And oh, God, no. I've God, had to defend myself on a set. I would say a semi-annual basis where someone will, like, get my face and I'll just fucking hit him as hard as I can. I've never been in a fight in my life. Except John I've been in a lot. I don't know why you didn't. <laughs> it's, lay not, it's not cool. I'm not, like, showing off about that because it's a loser thing to do. But if someone, like, if I feel um, like, threatened. threatened, then I will defend myself. Like, oh, you're a fucking midget. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> sorry. Hey, how come you didn't fight John Cusack? Well, he's a black belt, and who I always forget his name. He's like the the um, prototypical gangster in every shitty fucking gangster movie ever. He's Mexican dude with all the... Trejo? Yeah, yeah, Danny, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Oh, Danny yeah, Trejo. yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Trejo had a quote, and I didn't know this until after the Cusack thing. Where uh, he's like, I've met a lot of fuck because Danny Trejo did like prison time and shit for being in a cartel and all that. Uh, he's like, I've met a lot of fucked up people. I've met a lot of really tough people. I've been in prison. He's like, John Cusack's the only person I've ever seen pissed off. And I look into his eyes and I'm afraid. <laughs> but John, John Cusack's like a 12th degree black belt martial artist. Like he's, he's, a, he's got the loose cannon, even though he's a rich fucking cunt. Forgot about the Jesus is a cunt shirt, by the way. Oh my God, what a moment! I called that. What a that girl moment. was hitting on me too. Was she? Oh yeah. Hell yeah! yeah. You should have smashed, dude. I would. I would have let you have the sock on the door. Nope. I would have slept in the hallway. I would have uh, rather you came inside with a guillotine and saw it off my <laughs> dick and threw it on Broadway. Yo, what if fucking I walked in the room and Dave was just crumpled up on the bed wearing the Jesus is a cunt t-shirt? <laughs> like, I'd be so sick. Ken, you really didn't. You you missed the time, brother. I know, and I appreciate all the videos that you guys sent me because I was having a good time watching them. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, yeah, so the Nashville trip was wild. Uh, we ate hot chicken. Uh, yeah, we got hammered. I'm not going to lie. But we had a great time. And uh, next week, you'll be finding out what the fuck is going on with the Patrick Carney interview. Uh, we do have a guest on this week. We have somebody stopping by to go over uh, the Rolling Stone hip-hop list and some of our favorite records of the year because it's already halfway through 2022, which is fucked up as it is. Uh, but we got Rob Gross from fucking Shark Attack in the building, reoccurring guest on the podcast. Rob, how are you, buddy? I'm good. So I can clap for myself for what's happening. Yeah, dude, clap for yourself. Yeah. Uh, Positive, self-positivity. <laughs> what's going on, guys? Nothing much, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm just tired. I'm good, though. I'm happy to be here. You and Dave are in the same boat, dude. Dave's, Dave's being a whiny little bitch right now, being all tired. I mean, you guys have literally been everywhere. Like, I can't keep up with it. Like, you guys are doing more shit seemingly this week than most anyway, right? Like, you Nashville, you were... Dave right? was in... in uh, yeah, we were in Nashville with the Black Keys, and then... Dave I had a 100-mile just... drive today. Well, 100 each way. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, no. I was out the door at 5.30 in the morning. Nah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob, can I ask you a question? Uh, Dave yeah. just gave me every reason why I was a pussy. Do I strike you as a pussy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't that's a yes. That. That's a yes. All right. No, fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I went through this question with my wife the other day. It's like, <laughs> we should replace that, like calling somebody a pussy and call them like a ball sack because a ball sack is so, Wait, and this is not even like a sex versus sex thing. Just like pussy's tough. Ball sack <laughs> is very sensitive. <laughs> you know what? You just brought up a great point. <laughs> and that's all I got to say. That is the best point I've ever heard. And I will be stealing and repackaging that joke for other podcasts. 
packaging <laughs> excellent perfect tie-in oh, synergy marketing Jesus yeah, Christ. Great. Uh, <laughs> let's start out. Uh, first off, if anybody hasn't copped a Memento Mori shirt, that is Rob and Rob's oh, wife company. Uh, nice. do that right now. Uh, we're going to get into the, basically the mid-year preview of like what the fuck has been going on. But Rob, did yeah. you see the Rolling Stone list for the 200 greatest hip hop albums ever yet? I heard about it. I didn't look at it because every time Rolling Stone puts out a list, it's shit. <laughs> How is this one in your uh, opinion? It, I think it's ass. Dave, what do you think? I mean, I, I've i got to digest it a lot more. I, I think their top 20 is fine. But, like, they're, like, 40 to 100, I think, are horrible. Really? Horrific, yeah. What, what did they have at number one? Is, uh, right, yeah, Rob, can you, grab, yeah. can you guess what number one is? This is of all time. This is yeah. all time. Hip-hop albums, number one of all time. Just because it's Rolling Stone, is it the Chronic? No, no just the Chronic. Where the Chronic is? The Chronic wasn't top thirty. Wait, what? For just cultural relevance, the Chronic should be in the top five. The Chronic was number forty. Okay, so let me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Rolling Stone seemingly doesn't even know that like other cultures exist, and this is no knock at like I mean my mayonnaise ass, but like, is it was it fucking licensed to ill? I don't even know what. Nope, no, no, number we one. We were just talking about that too. Number one was Biggie was Ready to Die, which I'm okay with. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine okay. with that. Okay, well then that makes all the sense. I mean, working with Rhino, the the woman I report who's running the campaign for 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 all this shit. And she was doing, she part, I mean, it's so big that she was like, yeah, I partnered with the MTA. We've made like, we made like transit cards. Like it's like people were lined up hours overnight to get fucking MTA cards <laughs> because Biggie was on it. So yes, culturally relevant. Fuck yes. Record flawless. Um, what was number two? Stankonia by Outcast. <laughs> not even the best outcast record that's exactly what i was gonna yep, say it's not even the best i think it might be third it's absolutely third it's got to be third right aquemini was in the top 20 okay. i think Aquemini. i think aquemini was number 17 but i did notice that in the top 20 they didn't have speaker box love below which is by far their biggest record yeah yes um, albeit disjointed their biggest record yeah i mean they didn't even make it together they made it separately no uh, no well let's get to the weird upsets um I mean, to pimp a butterfly at number five is great. Public Enemy being at number four, if I feel, I'm kind of surprised that wasn't number one. Yeah. Um, Missy Elliott at number seven. How do you feel about that? Um, not that one. If it was her debut, it was much more culturally relevant, much better record. These are like, based on what I'm just seeing you scroll through here, um, I think they're going for the ones that had the mass audience. Yeah, like, right, right. Like, look at like Outcast, right? Like, Speaker Box Low Below had more hits, but that record was was bigger, like globally. Like that record's the one that set it off and made them a household name. So I think that's what they're doing. Like, I mean, well, can I fuck you up real quick? Here, here's the one that's fucking crazy. Yeah, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy is the 16th greatest rap album ever made. It's, I mean, you just passed by Eric B and Rakim clips, like. Cardi B, like no disrespect, she's become a cultural phenomenon over the past four years. Yes. This record doesn't belong in the top 100. Nas's Illmatic is number 24. I was going to ask Are you that was. fucking yeah. kidding me? There's it's no a, Beastie Boys in it. Well, UGK, I mean, that, that record's phenomenal, but I don't know if that, I mean, all right, DMX. That, what, that's the little Wayne record they saw. I know, that's the craziest shit. Is it the, the Drought 3, which is a free fucking mixtape, is number 21. They were better off putting, like, the fucking Hot Boys. Uh, Carter. Cash Money Millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is Eddie Master P on here? Is like Ice Cream Man on here? Because like, you're going to include that weird-ass Lil Wayne record. you got to include some of the weirder shit from... Dude, it, the Carter 3 is on here somewhere, but I think it's, like, number 39 or something like that. I'd like to point out that Chief Keef is ahead of Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. I can't with this. <laughs> this is a joke. Jesus. <laughs> this is like this is i don't even know i'm literally i'm never speechless i'm speechless at this list wait hold on hold on 
This Dre 2001 outranks The Chronic by 20 places. Yep. I said the places. same thing. And that's when I said they're definitely going for bigger records is what they're going. You're spot on. But I don't think you just fucking send a link to the like best-selling rap album Wikipedia page. Bro, <laughs> I'm so mad right now. I'm sweating. I'm actually sweating right now. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Oh my god. Rock, do you listen do you read Barstool or follow it on on social media or anything? I do. I follow it. I, I don't like. What, what are you? What are you getting at here? Because okay, sorry, you know, I'm caught in a fucking tunnel here with this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. That's it's it's relevant. You know how every I don't know three, four weeks or a month or six weeks we uh, our social media team will put out like a top ten list of N sixty four games or and they'll just mm -hmm. throw one or two in there that are like objectively horrible games, but they'll they'll make sure they hit all the the best ones just so it seems almost. Like it's sure. not a troll and people right, go, fuck, right. how the fuck do you have this in there? And people just share it like crazy. And it goes like viral every time. Yes. I feel like this is what they're doing. This absolutely is a Rolling Stone, whether it was pre going viral, like when they did that list, it was at this point, it's gotta be 15 years ago. It was the hundred greatest guitarists of all yep. time. And they put some real wild cards in there, like Kim Dial from Soundgarden, who's viciously underrated. And Fucking like sick. Alex Lifeson from Rush, who gets overlooked because of Getty Lee and Neil Peart. And like Larry Lalonde from Primus, who gets overlooked because of Les Claypool and Tim Alexit. Fair. But there were some people on there that I think at that time were added in that had like... Jack White was like number three. If I, I was going to say, wasn't I Kurt remember Cobain that? I remember like number, that. Kurt Cobain yes. was like number four. Right. The, Kurt was very high up on the list. And it's like, no disrespect to either one of those guys. They're not exactly guitar heroes, you know? And like, it just, I think to your point, you're right. They do this shit so people talk about it. Yep. And yeah. If it's bad, it's still good. Exactly. <laughs> good. You know what I mean? Any this is over the top bad. Like, this is here, like if bad. they absolutely nailed this list where there was like hardly any anything to dispute, it's not going to get shared. No one's going to talk fact, about it. Everyone would click on it and be like, hey, that was actually a really I fucking good list. And that's record, it. They forget about it. I get that this record was huge and it's a great record. Number 11 of all time. All it's more an R&B record than it is a rap record. Like, I, I refuse exactly. to acknowledge that a rapper that wears turtlenecks is in the top 15 greatest <laughs> rap records of I all time. Get out of this. This record's fucking all time. I would have put Lauren oh, Hill higher than that. That, that record is is just, and, and so is Low End Theory. Like, th those belong here. So, so yeah, this is 36 Chambers. So, yeah, I, I it's just, there, 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 there is like something that. There yeah. is something that makes me laugh about this because my critique was this looks like it was a bunch of white dudes in a room just like looking at charts. Oh. And then it's fucking three white dudes and an Asian guy over here arguing about the list. Yes, but I feel like between the four of us, like there's a there's way more. I don't, I don't say legitimacy. Whoever put this. Nah, I mean, three of this us. Is, <laughs> this just feels well thought out in a very bad way. I agree with that. That's a really good way to put it. I don't, I, the, the list makes me angry, frankly. Um, but I, I can't argue with number one. Like, number one is there, but right. you know, they put Cardi B in the top 20 just to, just to spark controversy. Like, that's, well, that's why they did that. Yeah. Yo, dude, all eyes on, ranks all eyes on me by 13 places. Dude, all eyes on me should be top 15. Like, and that's the first, that's the first Tupac record on here if you're going yeah, top down. Yep. 29 for Tupac. Oh, see, like, all right, this this gets me on another trip, right? Because I grew up in Queens, a huge Beastie Boys fan, and because it was like kids, Jewish kids from Queens that were yeah. hardcore kids that were rappers. I'm like, I can do this, right? I mean, I can't do this, but like, it made me feel like I could, like, you know, my people. Everyone just literally just like jerks off to Paul's Boutique, and it's a wonderful record. It's like the fifth best Beastie Boys. I, I agree. I a thousand percent agree. A beautiful record, but. For fuck's sake, man! I'm one of the dickheads who who sucks Paul's boutique's dick, and Dave doesn't I mean, get Dave doesn't get Beastie Boys. No, I like, yo, bro, hold on, hold on. What's your number one Beastie Boys record? For, for me, me, check your head. Check your head. I was gonna say check your head. Yeah, well, that's when it's they like, got that's when they got real weird. Which dude, I, I they were touring with like Rollins Band, Helmet, oh. like they were playing like high school gyms. They had to literally rebuild the band. So like for me, it's check your head, ill communication, yeah, hello yeah. nasty. License to ill. 
No, then probably Paul's Boutique. License to Ill, I think, is just that record that like got everybody into it. Right, yeah. And it, it hasn't aged quite as well, but it's like, Agreed. it's still like, it's. it's to no the like, Five Burrows is underrated. To the Five Burrows is underrated. Even the Five that actually metal that they did. I might like that record better than Paul's Boutique. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually agree. And then Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 wasn't bad either. Hot Sauce was great. Like the instrumental records are great. The punk records are great. Like the, the Beast was fucking great. Oh, their Letterman performance of Sabotage goes down in top like three Fire. performances in history. I would also I like to. Yeah. Was it, were we, were you say? I'm looking at this right now. Nicki Minaj at 31 for her debut album. I'd put that where Cardi B's is. Nicki Minaj is the most fucking disrespected rapper on this list so far because Nicki fucking changed the world. I I I have a Crazy. weird. I have a weird love for Nicki Minaj. I know she's like kind of gone each way, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, don't disrespect Nicki Minaj. Like, this is just the strangest list. Snoop at 35. I love acid rap. I love acid, acid rap. That that album is perfect. Yeah, Cuban links. All right. All right. So Cuban links some... needs to be in there. See, here's the, yeah, here's the card. How, which how is the Carter three so much low? Okay. Yeah, right. I know. I think oh best. man, I love seeing Rob May, dude. This is fun. This is frustrating. How is the chronic at number 40? I can't. It's literally the record that changed the world. Like the chronic is the nevermind of hip hop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that it's number 40, like, because you do this same list, nevermind's gonna be at the top. Yes. It's gonna be nevermind, like blood sugar sex magic, yeah. 10. Yeah. Okay. Album. If you're going, if you're going like fucking like nineties grunge or yeah. like that nineties alternative real quick, I want to point this out. Kenny, can you click on number 200? Just on the, on the top there. Oh, it's 200. Well, I thought it was 100. I'm so curious. It shouldn't have been more than 10. Kenny, uh, you can click it. Yeah. You can click it at the top. Where? Oh, 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 oh yeah. We're at 200 now. Can you scroll down? This is what pissed me off about Rolling Stone. They put they purposefully put Travis Scott's Astro World at number two hundred, just so within the little blurb underneath they could mention the fact that this is a great album. But the entire thing that happened with the Live Nation concert, all that's what they're gonna fucking talk about. Like that, that just seems like a weird slight. Like that just seems like a weird like, oh, this record is good, but let's put it at the very top so we can fucking get some sort of like moral hierarchy thing off here. That annoys me. Yeah, that but like, look, and what I say sounds is going to sound really bad. I don't like, I'm just saying this isn't my opinion. This is just like factual based on how time moves and time doesn't necessarily heal, but there's so much shit going on in the world that like, I don't even think it's bad, right? But like, people are now going to see Ryan Adams shows. He sold yes. out the beacon. He's selling out was the ace of the globe somewhere here. Like, I'm not saying people don't care. I'm saying that after a period of time, some people are able to separate the art from the artist. And just, I'm not saying like, I can do that with Travis Scott, but mentioning it just basically says, okay, this is our clickbait right off yes, the Yes, right off the top. The, the last line of the blurb says, it's a shame we'll most likely never to appreciate the innovations here the same way again. All right, cool. Thanks for, uh, thanks for fucking throwing that in there. Thanks, guys. Also, I will never... The whole Ryan Adams thing fucking breaks my heart because he's such a fucking dirtbag weirdo. And dude, I, he's the worst. But, yeah, no, he's uh, always been the worst. Whether it was like being like, I I got to work with him in two thousand three. Year put out like five records. He was a that was the year where everyone was calling him Ryan Adams. <laughs> and he was a dick then. And then I met him at like randomly ran, ran to him at a record store a few years later in New York. He was a dick then. Saw him yell at his girlfriend at a spot in Hollywood a few years ago. He was a dick then. Like, he's at least consistent. Yeah, at least he's an asshole all the time. He just happens to also be like a fucking weirdo creep. And so, totally. fuck that guy. It also That's just right. bothers me because fucking, I mean, he made like three of my favorite records, which sucks. I now I can't even like look at those records anymore. Wait, no. Operation Doomsday is number 62? Just looking at that. And you remember, is, do is Dr. Octagon on here? Is there like... Black Star's number 63? Black Star is 50 spots after a Lil Wayne mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Get Richard Die trying a 64. Like that world that, that record changed the world too. Let's yeah. Like, I mean, okay, fine. That's not the three six mafia record you want. No, that's not the basic code, but okay. All right, let's get off this fucking list. I'm done with this shit. Ooh, Fuck it. One of the best of all time. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. That record, that's probably about... Shout out Juvenile, dude. Shout yeah. out Juvenile. Back that yeah. ass up. All right. Uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, wait, the fucking Fuji's is number fucking 70? 
the, the score is incredible. I can't believe, I mean, wow. although if you go back to that record now, because my wife and I listened to one of her favorite records, when I listened to it about a year ago, and it's like, holy shit, this record's racist as fuck. It's so <laughs> bad. There are so many, like the, all the like interlude. There's Dr. Octagon, 72. That's about right. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, it's sweating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. Sweating, dude. Megan Thee Stallion's number 75. This is above hard to earn, man. What a fucking record. Yeah, that's a great fucking record. So you're this... t- you got DJ Premier and fucking and, and fucking Guru. Yeah. Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. Where are we? Any of this, man. Where are oh, we? Cone got 81. All right, Dave, you were incredibly correct about number 40 through fucking set, like a hundred. Holy yeah. shit. MIA. <clears throat> I don't know if that. Okay. This fucking I keep awesome. saying that because I don't know what to say. Twenty dollars. One of the- that's that fucking shitty like radios. That's ah, like I paper like planes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like planes. yeah what? But, but dude, you got to go deep. This song, twenty dollars. One of the dopest hip hop productions. Really cool. In the history of hip hop productions. They side chain. It's the first song I've ever heard. Here's a geek little engineer thing for you. They side. So normally people will side chain a bass off a kick, meaning every time the kick hits, the bass sucks in. It kind of gives you this bouncy vibe. This bitch side chained the entire fucking song off the kick drum. So the whole track's like, do, do, do. It's in one of the heaviest things I've ever heard. Anyway, I would have loved to have gotten the MIA Death Grips record. See what the fuck oh, they could have come up with. Yeah. Death Grips. I mean, no. Let- all right, that ultra magnetic MC's record is fucking amazing. So is that Cypress Hill record, but that's not even the best Cypress Hill record. I mean, just from a rap nerd's perspective, because I am a rap nerd, there is so much shit that I'm actually sweating. Like I'm actually fucking mad about this. This is this is some wild <laughs> ass shit. Oh I mean, my god. Power. All right, this is just so strange. All right, now we've lost it. Co-Flow, they got they put Company Flow in the top 98, and I bet you they never mentioned Company Flow in the history of the fucking magazine. Oh, run the they, jewels. Yeah, the only reason they put Company Flow in here is because fucking LP made Run the Jewels. You mm-hmm. fucking hipster rag piece of hey. shit. Yeah, number 148. All right. <sighs> All right. Uh, let, let's talk about something a little bit happier. Let's go over uh, kind of like 2022 and review a little bit. It is already yeah. midway through the year. This is fucking wild. I think it's been a pretty decent year for music thus far. Um, not not outstanding, but I think there's been some really great shit. Uh, Rob, have you found anybody new in the past like six months that you would want to bring up or anything that, that struck you? New. Yeah, because I, I, I keep my I keep an ongoing list in my notes. All right, so I'm super fucking obsessed with this dude but these two dudes uh called bob villain bob villain i've heard that it's like cockney uk like it's like super it's socio-political kid. it's like these Hell like yeah. two i don't where are they fucking from i'm i'm probably gonna butcher it are they from Birmingham? i don't know where they're, where they're from rob but, do you fuck with sleaford mods i love sleaford mods so it's, right, not, it's, not, it's, it's that kind of cockney but it's coming from uh, it's coming from a black perspective as opposed oh, to like, like wherever the fuck sleeper <laughs> I couldn't even understand them. Dude, have, no. you into, See, have you gotten into Viagra Boys too? Like that whole fucking deep British yeah. pub fuck face fucking hip hop favorite. Dude, Idols, fucking uh, yeah. Fontaine's DC. I know they're Irish, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like, dude, there's so much cool shit coming out of England right now. It's fucking dude. crazy. There's an attitude about it. Yeah, I'll send you some links to check out. Like, he, they just put out a new record called Bob Villain Presents the Price of Life. It's fucking great. The last record was great. The record before that was great. And, like, literally found them because when I was working at BMG, my rep in the UK, who's now at Concord, I think, she, we needed to find someone to do a remix or to do a verse and do a remix of this of a Hollywood Undead song. <laughs> and I was like, who are the nicest guys ever, right? But, like, I was like, uh all right, I don't know any rappers in the UK. And she's like, check out Bob Villain. And they passed. And, and then I was like, we just became kind of friendly. And then I started going back to the catalog. I'm like, holy shit, this is like, the energy here is just, it's insane. And now they're back doing, they were doing like these like basement shows, house party shows. And now yeah. they played shows of fucking like Biffy Clyro and these what? way bigger bands overseas. They're killing it. They were on the cover of Kerrang! two months ago. So just like it's that to me is my favorite artist I found in like the last two or three years. That's what this fucking podcast is about. 
Let's get the fucking like the underground shit. The fucking new kids out. I love that. Uh, There's Kenny, no label. No label. They, they that's what I'm fucking talking. Everyone's about. trying to sign them, and they're just like, yeah, no. Fuck yes, dude. Bob Villain is probably my favorite shit right now. I gotta. I'm, I'm bumping this as soon as we're done. Uh, Kenny, anything new for you? What this year? Yeah. The only thing. I mean. I think the Viagra boys was my newest find this year. A couple of my, my favorite artists put out great records this year, Kendrick, St. Vincent, and a bunch of other bands like that. But um, yeah, I think that's nothing. Not a lot of new, new shit has been blowing my mind lately. I just think it's been nice to see that there's actually a steady stream of like big artists putting out new music like that. Like I know we're talking about like the underground shit, but at the same time, like so much shit was getting held back and like, I can tell you right now, my, my biggest find this year is not a new artist, but it's someone I wasn't familiar with, and I've talked about him a lot. I came home from that fucking interview in Nashville and put him right on. Sam Fender is my shit. I, oh, fucking, I still yeah. haven't listened at all. Obsessed. It's super good. It's, it's British Killers meets Springsteen meets War on Drugs. You threw him on in the hotel room, right? That's what a I was talking bit? about. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. I was like sitting on the ground, staring at the fucking wall because I was trying to process what just happened, and I put on sixteen or 17 going under, and... That hits me right in my spot, dude. That is awesome. But I mean, Oliver other than, Tree got me good this year too. Oliver Tree's your boy, dude. I mean, that new record—it's actually a great record. And then all the bands I need to behind. Listen to that. I, yeah, I, I keep getting told to listen to it. I, I, I just like Dumpster, which is great because, like, I fucking love his shtick, the thing that he does. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of overshadows that, like, the record's actually really fucking good. Yeah, I. So, it, yeah. He, he is a shtick guy, but like he also is fucking really talented. He's so talented, dude. There's but, like, yeah, but it's like the problem with it is not even his fault, right? Is that now that he's been so successful by having this like fucking haircut and all <laughs> between him and like Orville Peck and all these yep. other artists that are like crazy talented but have a thing. It's like it, it almost is, I think. <laughs> It's not their fault, but it's making other people like I can have a thing. And yeah, I'm yeah, successful. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, you yeah. can't. But the, the, the quota for things is over right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bro, I, I I fuck with Orville Peck so heavy because he's like, yeah, I'm a gay dude in country music. And that's not even the thing that's talked about the most is the fact that he wears a mask all the time. Like, I think that's fucking hilarious in a certain yeah. perspective that it's not like, because his he, he's like, I'm a gay man in country music and I'm making like classic kind of Roy Orbison sounding shit. Okay. But all anybody ever talks about is the fact that he wears like a fucking like fringe mask. Like I, he's the people who never would have listened to him before probably did listen to him. I think that's fucking sure. No, he's um, good. The second half of that new record, it took it's like is a grower. But the second half of that record, you're like, holy shit, this dude's got an unbelievable baritone. Like he can really fucking sing. Hell yeah, and write a song. And, and like I had tickets to go see him. My wife and I are gonna go roll out to the desert. There's um there's an old school roadhouse in Pioneer Town called Pappy and Harriet's. And like Paul McCartney's played there, and like Failure played there last. There's always show like St. Paul and the Broken Bones played. We had tickets for that too. Missed that as well. Um, and um, he was playing out there one night only, him and Tanya Tucker. What? And apparently she was like a drunken mess, but like that would have been fucking awesome to see. You know, would have been better to see it that way. I would love to go to a show with yeah. Tanya Tucker drunk off her ass, dude. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, you find anything new this year so far? I think I talked about her uh, a few weeks back, but I went to Kingston Mines uh, like three, four weeks ago. It blues, it's like the blues bar in Chicago. Uh, you'll find celebrities like in disguise, like if they're if, like, uh, what's her name? Fucking Wedding Crashers chick. Rachel McAdams? Yeah, Rachel McAdams goes there regularly and she'll like wear a baseball cap, pull her hat down low and just go there, goes there alone, I guess. But um, I stumbled upon this chick. Her name is Joanna Connor. She's got to be at least, I would say, 60 years old. Looks like a grandmother, like, you know, heavier woman and everything. And she fucking ripped this guitar apart. It was unbelievable. She got 40,000 monthly listeners. So it's not like a nobody, a couple hundred thousand downloads on like her bigger songs. But I was like jaw to the floor. Fuck yeah. I, this like woman was unbelievable. Like her gut was so big. The gar guitar was like... <laughs> perpendicular or horizontal with the ground she was playing it it's like easier this. to play man yeah, yeah no, that's it was like that, a table like a little, that's utility yeah. that's utility right there i love that <laughs> dude fucking that's a great pick and i want everybody to go check that out um joanna connor i'm trying to think i mean sam fender is definitely my biggest find of the year um i think my record i have two records of the year right now and one of them is very commercial and i'm gonna get shit for it and the other one is not 
Uh, Miranda Lambert's Palomino is fucking outstanding. And I got so Ooh. much shit on Twitter from people being like, or and from Kenny, from Kenny specifically. Kenny, who, what's one thing you don't care about? Literally anything about what you just said. Right, I know. So I'm telling you right now, shouts out Luke Dick, friend of the program, one of the best songwriters in the world, produced and edited this whole, and wrote most of this. It is a weird Miranda Lambert record. It's fucking gorgeous country. I loved it. Uh, and then Skinty Fi by uh, Fontaine's DC is mm. fucking masterful. Uh, yeah, those guys yeah. are just fucking geniuses. Uh, I, I love that fucking band so much. Uh, Rob, what, what would you say your favorite record of the year so far is? That's just weird, man. I, like, I'm a huge fan of this band, Caven, and they put out a new record. Uh, the like, bass player died a few years ago in like a freak accident in New Hampshire, and they put out the demos right after it with like his like the, the opening track was like a voicemail to the band from him, like mouthing oh. out what he wanted a riff to be on this. So like, it was called Final Transmission. It was supposed to be the end, and they made another record. They made this massive double record, and like literally. Cavens always like defined met they were like one of the first metalcore bands like sp this space rock and acoustic beatlesque shit and then they they found a way to piece it all together it's taken them 22 years 24 years to get it here and they're only like 42 43 they're still young dudes um fucking brilliant record absolutely yeah. brilliant record um it's called heavy pendulum and i like my my friends in the metal world have been trying to get me into this dude zeal and ardor for years and i just cannot fuck with it because it was just like not heavy enough or that it wasn't soulful enough because he's like it's like this weird hybrid of blues soul metal sometimes songs are just like straight up like electronic soul and the next song is like death metal self-titled record came out this year finally clicked with me his catalog still don't fuck with this record holy shit like a, a mind-blown moment for sure I fucking and, love when somebody can be like, yeah, I don't fuck with anything else this dude has done, but goddamn, this record is great. No, because and I want, right, right. And I wanted to like, like other records. Like I'm a huge Pearl Jam nerd. I just wanted to sit, sit, it was supposed to be, I was supposed to go to all nine shows on the West Coast and then everybody got COVID, including the band. So yeah. the last two shows done, so we did the seven. Eddie Vedder put out a solo record earlier this year. And yep. I just not get into it. Live, it was great, but on record, it's fucking weekly. Andrew Watt produced it. And yeah, 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 I yeah. just it's thin and like old guy. No, I don't like that. What's like, your favorite? What's your favorite Pearl Jam record? I'm weird that way. So like that middle era, um, like from no no code to Riot Act is where okay. I guess my spot. So what? binaural in 2000, that's the one. I'm telling you, like that record is just you put on headphones because they always work with like Brendan O'Brien, and Brendan O'Brien doesn't have any crunch in what he does. So right. it's like, you're still a rock band at the end of the day. And I don't want to hear you. But it sounds like they're playing a guitar where there's like a distortion button on the guitar and then just through an amp. So it's like clean, fucking weak. So <laughs> that record is just like this oral. I think before Atmos existed, that record is built for Dolby Atmos surround sound. 2000s yeah. First one with Matt Cameron. It's fucking dark. I was really but, hoping you were going to say like 10 and just fucking like be a total washout. Just being like, oh, oh no. I mean, dude, that record is what got, got us all to be sitting here fucking 31 years later, still talking about Pearl Jam. Versus is my jam. Versus, versus the shit. Was my they favorite came out swinging so like, long. oh, this works. Check this out. Right, right. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sitting here like, you, have to, you can order tickets now, right? $10 a show is a commemorative item. So I'm sitting here with my fucking seven tickets. From <laughs> my wife and I are nuts about it, but I'm um, still the best live band in the world. Just Were you at the show in Oakland where yes. they had the kid come up and drum? Yeah, so the news got it entirely wrong. So Matt Cameron got COVID and was basically left in Phoenix, which was like a ridiculously good show. And then they get to Oakland and Josh Klinghoffer, who was in the Peppers for like 11 years, is in the band now. He's like a multi-instrumentalist. I didn't know vocalist. that. Yep. So he just moved over to drums. And Pearl Jam plays different sets every night. And that didn't change having other drummers in the band. So he ended up playing half the set. And then this dude, um, Richard Stuverud, who is in Jeff Immense's other band called Random, the bass player, yep. He lives in Oakland. So they called him They're like, you want to play half the set? So he played the other half of the set. And then they ended up calling up this kid who's friends with, he's like, I think internet friends with like Eddie's daughter. 
and he played a song and they brought up a dude from the crowd whose daughter was like my dad can play drums and oh, they brought him sick. up to play yellow lead better that dude you could tell is a really good drummer who's totally shitting his pants oh yeah because <laughs> he's, he's, he's literally like the song it's just mid-tempo right and he's like He's just like no fills, just straight up like four on the floor. Doesn't want to fuck it up. Like you were listening to like a karaoke <laughs> cover of the song. Like it was just like fucking, yes. just trying not to buck it up. Then, no, I mean, like he's like, probably played in like high school band and like fucks yeah, yeah, around yeah. with his buddies at like dive bars. You know? Yes, he was I that have, dude. I think. And then all of a sudden, he's got what fifty thousand people watching. <laughs> he literally had one post on Instagram, and then he posted that, and that was like his. It was like one post and like. 2013. Yeah, and then the next place was like, well, I played with Pearl Jam. <laughs> I have to wild. do name drop, story drop time. Here we go. Are we ready for it? I love yeah. it. Burko Pierce, the manager of AWOL, was the singer of the first band called She Died and Shadows, two different bands that had Mike McCready and Jeff Amont in it back before Eddie was in the band. So they are good friends. We opened for the Foo Fighters at Stubbs Outdoors in Austin, and the Pearl Jam guys happened to be in town. Mike McCready and Jeff Amont came up and played Sail with us. Fucking tight. And McCready just wailed at the end of it, just full soloing at the end of it. The second story is that I, these guys have heard this before, but I know you're a big fan. My guitar player, Zach Irons, his dad is Jack Irons. Jack Irons used to play in Pearl Jam, blah, blah, blah. He calls Eddie Vedder Uncle Ed. We played Hawaii where Ed lives, Ed yeah. came out to the show. And I used to stage dive every night at like a particular moment in the show. And just the way the setup was, it was really dangerous and rafters and all this. I was like, and I told my singer, I was like, dude, I don't know that I could do this. And he's like, Eddie fucking betters on the side of fucking stage. You get your fucking ass off the stage right now. And I ran and I did the most glorious stage dive in front of Eddie's face. Maybe the top one moment of my life. Did Eddie say anything to you? Like, that was cool. No, but like, the, didn't the, care. the thing that I took back was when I met Ed, it's like, hey man, my name's Kenny. Blah blah blah. And he goes, yeah man, you play that red keyboard, right? And I was, and I was like, huh? Apparently he had watched videos of us and saw the whatever. But I was like, Eddie, oh. better watch me play fucking. Keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my top three favorite bands of all time too. I'm a huge Pearl Jam guy. Dude, that's so. What's your so? It's versus for you. Yeah, versus was I mean, because that's really where I got into them. Ten was out and ten was great, but like my one of my first cassette tapes was versus. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just boombox loud every day. And so that's just like that. You know, I told um, my friend this, that like the bands hold a special place in my heart, but the records, right? It's those fucking records. Right. That you always remember the sleeve liners and everything. Bro, that, that fucking, uh, the album, I think it's like mid 2000s. It's just the Pearl Jam album with the avocado yeah. on the front. Yeah. There's so, good so, shit yeah. on that record. Worldwide Suicide's on that record. Life Wasted's on that record. It's you a pretty decent record. record. That record's incredible. I was actually at the storytellers for that because we were on, that was when we really started touring heavily, my wife and I and our friends with the band, like following around like the dead. And um, I was living in New York. And so we went to every show. And then also like 10 Club, the fan club was like, they were just, they did the right thing. And they were like, if you live in the tri-state area, you got first dibs to get into storytellers is free. I don't know if it was a random or whatever, but like, we're front and center in that. Like just li literally watching this show that was like, told us what alive meant how the meaning had changed over the years there's songs that have never been released off that like that, that didn't make it to airing that are just lost in the vault like it was just a fucking cool night i cried and, at the end of pearl jam 20 straight dude, up dude yeah straight it's up. <laughs> the, no i mean the band evoked that's the thing right like you say pearl jam and in some circles especially like in like the metal circles and a lot of you know my buddies rolling and it's like there's just like okay whatever like fuck that band i've never and understood like, that they are literally the world's biggest punk rock band. When you look at like, like ethos and like, like when you look at them, like what they ethically have done and how they've done so much of it on their own without a label. I mean, they have distro through, you know, Republic universal, all that shit. And they have teams there, but I mean, at that point you have to be, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. And they have yeah. been for 31 top, top years. 10 music photos of all time. When Eddie's hanging from the rafters, FIFA. Oh. That was what I was thinking right. when Absolutely. you were talking about jumping off the you're stage. Like, you're like, Oh, MGK launch my guitar <laughs> into the sky. And my guy is going to catch it. Watch fucking Eddie dude, climb the goddamn fucking rafters or get mm -hmm. on the camera that moves 20 feet above the crowd and jump off it. Come on. Man. I was wrong. My number one out. My number one album of the year was mainstream sellout by machine gun Kelly. Of course it was. 
I fucking hate that album so much, dude. Oh, I was about to say, I, do we have to have a talk? No, 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 no. <laughs> Rob, there's nothing that I hate more in the world than Machine Gun Kelly. Nothing. He sucks. What sucks about him, at, I mean, a lot, but the fact that, like, <laughs> He finally gets the accolades, right? Like, was it Mick Jagger was like, Youngblood, MGK, this is the future of rock. Because, like, you know what? Whatever gets kids to listen to fucking, to get people to pick, kids to pick a a guitar, whatever it takes, fine. There's always going to be artists that you fucking hate. And this is one of them. Literally, the next day, he's like, I'm going back to hip hop. And it's like, it's just, that's my point. Go back to it. Like, you could do it all, but you're a, but you're fake. Like the, you're, this is all literally for publicity and for attention and streams and sales. And it's like, you don't really fuck with any of this. You literally just, it's like what I always say. I hate Aaron Lewis so much. I literally quit a job over Aaron Lewis and I hate him so much because is he racist? Probably. Probably. Yeah. What's worse is that I think he's, I think it's all a front. I think he feeds into it to feed his demographic, which is. Dave, do you know who Aaron so, Lewis is? So much worse. Talk to me. Aaron Lewis was the lead singer of Stained. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And now he is like, all he does is exclusively play like Trump rallies and like fucking like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And he, all his songs now are about like bringing back our country and shit. Dude, you wrote like it's been a while. Like, I was like fucking 14 sitting in my dark room listening to fucking it's been a while. Yeah, and it's like yeah. shut the fuck up. Dude, business wise, super smart cuz all those morons are like, you know that stained out ain't that bad no more. And now it's like right. you fucking pussy. But yes, fake shit is not cool. No. <laughs> in in conclusion, fake, fake shit, shit no, but it's not cool. Man. Like yeah, it's but you're right, he's feeding that demo. It's what Kid Rock's doing. He's just amped it up a little more. He's like he's like turning today, it up. Yeah. Like he hasn't been in the news in a few minutes. So today he was like, I'm not apologizing for what I said to Oprah two years ago. And it's like <laughs> what? I can't, what did I can't you lo- say to Oprah two years ago? I can't lie oh, to you got, though. He, oh yeah, what did he say about man. Oprah? Uh, yeah. just, I, I don't even it was like a drunken rant about about oprah i don't even remember the details it doesn't matter right? but no <laughs> the, like, the whole fact that he threw it out there like that like i'm not apologizing it's yeah, like it's well, like nobody was asking you to bro Relax. what did Kid Rock say about oprah no but here's the funny part though there is a part of me that believes that kid rock has always been in on the joke like kid rock and joe dirt is fucking hilarious to me He's sure. Robbie. He's just the, honestly, the he is hilarious in that scene. He's fucking funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I mean, he's, he but th- when I see him like doing like Tucker Carlson interviews, I'm like, this makes sense. I get this. Like that's kid rock. But when I see Aaron Lewis, I'm like, you literally read like the kid rock. Kid rock probably has a shitty autobiography and he read it and he's like, this is a great idea. I could cash in on this. Like I get that. I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, but- the dude was apparently that they, so he toured with Sully from Godsmack. Who I was working with at the time. Um, it's a, 22 years we finally got along by the end of it i think um but so i don't want to get too deep into it but basically in to serve in conclusion with this on this tour which by the way was happening in the summer of 2020 so think about that yeah um, it's rough he was aaron lewis was apparently they were doing this thing where like they would do signing guitars and they would both sign them because it was like a co-headlining drive-in tour or whatever ma- the maskless tour across america and um <laughs> They signed the guitars for people that pay, like, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. And like Sully would just sign his name. Aaron Lewis signed his name, Aaron Lewis 2020, and the zeros were Q's. And oh Sully was like, Sully is a, is a unique person, but that it was too far for him. Yeah. And he, like, like, he's like, you know, like, who wants, he's like, my name's on this fucking thing. Oh my he's like, God. So that, that's what we're like, you know, that, that makes me feel like it's so forced. Like he's like, how many people can I piss off while keeping, making my base stronger and stronger and yeah. stronger. And he's, it's terrible, but he's done it. That sounds very familiar without yeah. going too much farther. <laughs> Rob uh, Gross, you are my favorite person alive. I want you to know that. Oh, he, sa- he said that to like everybody that's ever been on this show. So don't, don't take that, that, that to heart. This I did not say that to Patrick Carney. I did say, Dave, dude, Dave's got it out for me today because I fucking screwed in the hotel room. That has no, I don't have it out for you. That's just you can be an easy target sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you, but I know. um, No, no, no. I I actually agree with that. And this is coming from a dude that gets torn around or torn apart by his own fans online every goddamn day. That's true. It makes me a cynic. 
Yeah, this no. is this is I I like to fancy myself someone who can read people a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about Colin, and I noticed it especially this week in person. Anytime he gets super excited and he's gonna be self-conscious about it now. He sits up in his chair and he like looks around and he starts wiggling just like that. I do that <laughs> every single you, time. I am a very excitable human being. I have the energy of a fucking golden retriever, like a little, like a like a puppy golden retriever. Hey, do you play? Do you play like poker ever? Retriever. No, if I don't. You ever have like aces? You would be like, oh yeah, absolutely. You can. I worst wear, card player ever. I would be a terrible. <laughs> card. I don't play cards for that reason, dude. Uh, but no, uh, Rob Gross, uh, you will be back on shortly, I assume, because you kind of. This is you have a yeah. spot, dude. I love it, man. Anytime you guys want me on here, I'm here. This is always fun. All right, I love you, Rob. We'll talk to you. Always soon, learn right? something from Rob too. Always love you guys. Love you, Rob. All right, y'all. Be good. You too. All right, so that was Rob Gross. Uh, fucking great yeah. guy. Go check out Shark Attack. Everything he does, he's the fucking man. Um, let's uh, let's wrap this up quickly. I just want to see if we have any on the list or off the list. Uh, uh, on the list, Nashville. I want. I'm going to steal that, so you can't. Good. Well, you're on the list is Nashville. Explain Nashville. So it was my first, I had driven through Nashville a small handful of times, like in college and shit to Atlanta, but, um, I had never been there. So I looked at my phone for the specific reason. When we left, we left the hotel to get to the airport in Nashville at six 30 in the morning on the dot. That's when we were like outside waiting for the Uber at six 30. I was in my apartment by nine 30, three hours door to door with the plane is absolutely fucking beautiful being from Chicago. Uh, number two, uh, the hot chicken was excellent. And I eat hot chicken in Chicago three or four times a week. Uh, and, but I mean, there's one on every corner there. We have like three or four good ones. Um, and then I just love live music. I know like there, I know there's people who fucking hate live music, like at weddings or at bars or anywhere else. I love it more than anything on earth. Um, and like fuck DJs. Like, I don't want to hear the same shitty remixes that I've heard a million different times. I want to hear Dante. Shout out Dante. Yeah. I mean, Dante would agree (laughs) with me. I'm sure I know he would, you know, and, um, it was just like, I I think it'd be way, way different if we went like Friday through Sunday. Yes. Um, and we were there on a Monday and it It was was still popping. It was still popping, but you weren't like waiting for drinks, you know? So, um, I love it. Like I, I really love that town. I'm going to be going back quite a bit. So shout out Nashville. Great spot dude. Kenny on your list. Crocs. Crocs? Crocs. Explain. Do I need to? Dude, you're getting in dad mode hard. Yo, I had a friend who was making fun of me because I didn't have Crocs yet. Took me a minute. I got some Crocs. Oh, my God. Whether you're in two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, they are the most comfy <laughs> fucking shoes in the whole Sport world. mode or what's the other? It's sport mode oh, or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them shits in sport mode and go. Fuck yeah. Uh, my on the list are the Philadelphia Phillies for finally not sucking and finally getting rid of that nerd Joe Girardi. Uh, our new manager looks like he smokes a pack of cigarettes a day. He just that's looks what like you he, want in a manager. Those guys he, win baseball games. Hundred percent, dude. He looks. He kind of reminds me of the manager from a uh, uh, fucking major league. He's just a surly yeah. old dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like a leader of men. Uh, also, looks like he definitely goes to the strip club occasionally. Uh, I don't even know his fucking name, but uh, Phillies are playing good ball. Shout out Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, and I do apologize for wearing that fucking Dodgers hat this week at, or this week, but I just grabbed the walking. I was there. actually kind of pissed off at you for that, and I never brought that up. You needed to be rocking your own city, not that fucking. I had West a Coast big bullshit. Philadelphia Fire Department patch on my jacket the entire week. Not distinguishable enough. It's I didn't even notice it, and really? I would have given you a compliment on the jacket had I noticed it because I love uh, first responders, troops, all that shit. So do I. And it's fucking sick. Cause it's my brother's firehouse. And the logo is a Fox with boxing gloves on. So it's a big patch with a Fox with boxing gloves on. This is Philadelphia fire department on it's sick. Um, but yeah, uh, Dodgers hat might've been a mistake, but it's my favorite color. So, uh, fuck you, uh, Dave off your list. Off my list is, um, I actually fucking had one. Uh, we'll say diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea is the worst, man. Was it the hot chicken? Yeah. You were still snoring, and I knew I could wreck the bathroom, and you wouldn't, you would have slept through a fucking tornado. Yo, Dave, Dave made me leave the room the other day so he could fucking. I need to shit in peace. Yeah. And it's like, dude, we're in a fucking 10 by 10 hotel room. Yeah. I don't want you out there fucking. Colin's also, hey, Kenny, did you know this? Colin's a singer. 
Like he could be ironing his shirt and he's singing to himself. Oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but so I shit my, I squeezed every ounce of like bile through my asshole that I could <laughs> before I got on that plane because you can't, once you're 30,000 feet, you cannot have you diarrhea. Can't la- you can't be launching three, dude. You can't do it on a plane. It's wrong. Didn't uh, shit my pants, though. We're good. Proud of you. Uh, Kenny, did you shit your pants? Who's off your list? I did not shit my pants, but congratulations. Uh, I don't really have a good off my list this week. But How about not, be, not being in Nashville? Not being in Nashville. Pregnancies. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me fucking finish. Yes. Uh, watching the videos you guys sent me and hearing the stories, my off the list is drunk people when you're not drunk. Oh my God, it's such a perfect. Oh, that's a good one. If you're a drinker, a partier, a rager, it doesn't matter. If you're not drunk and other people are, it's they're the, the worst most thing. Annoying people in the whole fucking world. Yep. And who have, what does everybody say when you tell them they're drunk when they're drunk? No, I'm no. not drunk. Yep. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, we, we were definitely those people. And we were just. I, hey, I didn't send Kenny a single video. I didn't either, I don't think. I think Dante I can't did. imagine Dante was. Were you so just spying on us? One perpetrator. Colin was shit. It wasn't me. I didn't send him shit. Oh, yeah, dude. Colin was doing the zombie walk in the bedroom. That's why there he was... seemed like Colin's fucked. <laughs> I, I honestly fucked. thought you were going to be puking your brains out because you're like, oh, I puked at the Gronk thing. Oh, I puked here. Oh, I puked there. No, I like, puke when I'm in an Uber. If I'm in an Uber, I puke. We walked everywhere at night. I was totally okay. fine. Sick. I ate that hot dog and I was fine. Uh, my off the list is, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this video of Jack Del Rio today. I don't think I did. And this motherfucker out of nowhere at his press conference, cause he's the defensive coordinator for the, the Washington football team. Now he just out of nowhere unprompted just goes, he's like, and I don't understand like why we, why we don't talk about the BLM riots in the same capacity. We talk about the, the Capitol riot. Bro, and he goes, he goes, you know, they're burning people's businesses down. Nobody talks about that, but we have a little dust up at the Capitol and it's a big deal. He fucking said this unprovoked. And I was like, first off, dust up at the Capitol is a wild way to put that. Yeah, yeah. You're a wild ass boy. Second off, Carson Wentz is definitely back there being like, you get him, Jack. You fucking get him. <laughs> Fuck Carson Wentz. I uh, mean, uh, that's... That's a wild accusation, dog. I can't wait for him to go back in that locker room. He's like, how'd I do, boys? And they're all like, uh. You're no longer allowed to do that. <laughs> Take the microphone away. What a I dickhead. I mean, considering their owner, I don't think he gives a shit what's set up there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Dan Slater is excited because he's like, finally, someone sounds like a bigger asshole than I do. Uh, so shout out Jack Del Rio for making some wild ass comments. Um, but no, this was the warm-up episode, the, the, the precursor to next week's Mayhem on Tuesday. Uh, Nashville was outstanding. Once again, David, I apologize for snoring, but also... I forgive you, Colin. Bro, my wife snores twice as bad as I do. Our, ha- our house probably sounds like we got ghouls. Like, if you walked <laughs> in our house and tried to break into our house, it probably sounds like two ghosts fighting each other. I'm Atrocious. not no ghosts. <laughs> Dude. Um, but yeah, thanks for... I was. I don't know whether you snored or not because I was asleep. I don't. I'm the lightest sleeper of all time. Oh no! I, I sleep like a fucking monster. I, yeah, I, I I made I like after 30 minutes I saw Dante was still up. I'm like, dude, you need to give me drugs right now. Like, give me <laughs> all the drink. fucking edibles you have in, on your person because I need them, or I'm not gonna sleep tonight. I don't think any of us were out of control. I don't think any of us. We no, 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 no. We were having fun. Just a couple boys. Um, but yeah, shouts out Gibson, shouts out Nashville, shouts out Black Keys. Get ready for next week. Tuesday, Patrick Carney interview drops. Boys, anything else for me? Fuck off. Yeah, fuck you. All right. I love you guys. See you guys next week for the Black Keys interview. Mm-hmm.